Welcome to the Global Corporate Venture in Digital Forum. My name's James Wilson, founder and editor-in-chief, and I'm delighted to have a quick Q&A and discussion with John Lautner from GM Ventures. John, welcome. Thanks a lot, Jim. And this is in some ways a slightly sad occasion for me because I think you're about to retire after sort of 41-odd years at General Motors and sort of having founded and run GM Ventures. So, you know, just interested, how do you feel? Yeah, well, it's a bit of a bittersweet moment. You know, you're right. I have worked for General Motors for nearly 41 years. I've worked in nearly every area of product development on three continents. I've been involved in sort of uh, reinvigorating mature organizations. And as you mentioned, starting new ones like GM Ventures, which, uh, which I was employee number one, and we started back in July of 2010 which is about the same time as you started Global Corporate Venturing. So it's an anniversary of sorts for both of us. We've both been in the business about 10 years. That's great. Can you give a little bit of that background of why you set up GM Ventures at that time? I'm mindful that coming out of the global financial crisis, but what was the, what was the thing and what was the opportunity you saw back then? Because in many ways, it was the perfect time to set up a venture unit as you came out of a crisis. Yeah, you're right. It did. It was an outgrowth of the financial crisis of 2008, 2009. And coming out of that, um, we decided as a, as a company, General Motors, that there were things that we needed to do a lot differently than we had done in the past. And one of those was to put more focus on technology and innovation. Now, you know, technology and innovation is not something that's completely unique because we have a number of extremely capable technical organizations in General Motors that do that. But we decided that rather than just focus on what we could do by ourselves and what we could do with suppliers, that we ought to add startups to the mix because it's generally recognized and accepted that startups have some of the most cutting edge technology around. That's what sort of incubates a lot of the things that come to pass in terms of technology and innovation longer term. So we decided to set up uh, GM Ventures. Uh, At the time, I worked for a guy named Steve Gursky, who was a Wall Street analyst for many years uh, following automotive. And so Steve recruited me from the technical organization and said, okay, John, uh, we're going to start a venture capital organization. There are no automotive venture capital organizations out there, so we're going to be the first, and you're going to run it and build it from scratch. And that's kind of how it started. You mentioned coming out of the technical, as well as being president of GM Ventures, you're also chief technical officer for GM as well over that period. So how do you effectively manage two jobs? Because it feels like there aren't enough hours in the day to do do them both. How how do you manage that, and what's the synergy that you bring between them both? Yeah, well... Actually, as it turns out, I was, uh, I was running GM Ventures before I became CTO and also Vice President of Research and Development. That came later in 2012. But the common touch point of both organizations is really technology and innovation. If you think about it, you know, we tend to look at the sources of technology that, that we want to have access to. One is our own in-house expertise, right? The in-house technical organizations that are extremely capable of doing a lot of things. Secondly, we have tier one suppliers. We call them tier one because they're the top 
and uh, supplier organizations. And these are uh, names that you would know, companies like Hella and Conti and Bosch and so on and so forth. These are automotive suppliers that have had decades of experience in the business. But we also wanted to actually um, include startups. And so our model is develop, invest, and partner. Develop using our own in-house resources, invest in startup companies that are developing automotive-related technology, and partner with large automotive suppliers where we can collaborate together to uh, develop advanced technology and innovations. So that's how it all fits together. The common denominator is technology and innovation, and we look at startups as one of the three sources that we have at our disposal. Perhaps you could give some highlights, perhaps more from the technical side. I think developing one of the first hybrids, the Volts, you know, through to perhaps within the corporate venturing unit, you know, some of the things you say, wow, we would never have anticipated seeing or working with such a company, but it's really helped the business, it's helped the organization, and we've been able to help them. It's been this sort of marriage in heaven, I suppose. Yeah. So we have, we have a, I would say, um, a, a fairly good approach for how we actually collaborate with startups and how we choose to invest in the startups that we do. First of all, we make direct investments in startups. We, don't, we have never done a fund in the 10 years that I've been involved. We're stage and geography agnostic. We'll lead rounds, we'll join term sheets, we'll syndicate. And we nearly always do follow on investments. And so we're not a one and done type of investor. We believe that we're going to be a long-term investor. And we tend to set a, a, an upper limit on our equity at less than 20%. We want to get access to technology. We want to help the startup companies commercialize their, their technology and their innovations. We don't want to run them. And so what we do is we put a lot of focus on investing in companies that have technology that we intend to implement, that we intend to implement. Any good examples of that? This this is powerful for a corporate. Think of a financial investor. For all the things that financial investors can do, they can never be customers to their portfolio companies. Never, okay? Okay. And that's, if you use it correctly, that's a benefit that a corporate investor brings to the, to, the, to the startup and to the other investors. Because let's face it, all startup companies have a common problem, which is identifying their first customer. If I can step forward in, let's say, a, a Series A and say, hey, I'm not only interested in this company as a potential investment, but I'm willing to put my own resources, my own corporate resources to work to help them further develop and ultimately implement their technology, I can change the profile of that startup company a lot. Because let's face it, in General Motors, we don't buy small quantities of anything. And so if we're a customer to our portfolio companies, we know that we by ourselves can drive a meaningful amount of revenue and profitability. And if we're an investor, we can make sure that the company is funded well enough that they're going to be able to actually get to the end of the development of a technology and launch it successfully. So that's been our model. 
to invest in startup companies that have technology that we intend to implement. And you say, well, okay, so what level of certainty do you require? I would say that typically we're well north of 50% certainty that, that we would implement it, and in many cases, approaching 80% certainty that we can implement it and we will. And so this winds up being a very useful model for a corporate. Because let's face it, if we're just investing for a financial return, that's not a very interesting proposition for a large company like General Motors. Let's say, for example, I invest $5 million in a startup company. Maybe it's one round, maybe it's several rounds. That company exits, okay? And the, the proceeds to me are $20 million. In venture capital terms, that's a pretty impressive return, right? I've, I've quadrupled my money over a period of time. But to a company like General Motors that has revenues of nearly $140 billion, $20 million is pretty much round-off error, okay? Yes, it's, a, it's, it's an appreciated amount of money because every little bit helps, but still, it's relatively small. So there has to be a bigger purpose for the investments that we think we need to make, and that is the commercial angle, the fact that we can help strengthen our core automotive business. We have the opportunity to build related businesses to our core business, and the fact that we really want to feature technology and innovation going forward. Fantastic. And what about some of the challenges? Because obviously, um, I suppose if you looked back to when you were starting in July 2010, where you are now, you know, almost July 2020, what were the challenges perhaps you anticipated? What were the challenges you saw? What advice would you give a, a younger you, I suppose? Yeah. You know, the corporate venture capital is a lot different today than it was 10 years ago. I think if you look back, and usually I use uh, one of the um, one of the reporting tools, PitchBook, Capital IQ, one of those, I think corporate venture capital investments all in worldwide were about $7 billion, okay, back in 2010, coming out of the financial crisis. That's grown tenfold over the past 10 years. And now, you know, $7 billion has become roughly $70 billion worldwide. And so the business is much bigger There are many, many more corporate venture capital organizations. There's a lot more money chasing the same deals. And so back in 2010, when we were the only corporate venture capital organization in automotive, now there are a number of organizations that are investing in automotive and even financial investors in certain cases have made investments in automotive-related technology. So the competition for deals is certainly is certainly increased. Valuations have increased. And so the same amount of money doesn't get you as much equity as it did in the past. On the other hand, there are more total startups that are really featuring automotive and transportation-related technology than there has been in the past. So it's a different business altogether than it was, much more um, sophisticated in a certain way because there are more total investors. There's more money that's flowed into you know, corporate venture capital generally, but specifically in automotive. A lot more money is flowed in. 
And generally, we've uh, we've been able to ride a lot of these trends that have been extremely favorable for us. Well, that's fantastic to hear. You know, certainly from a GCV point of view, like I say, we started in May 2010. I left Dow Jones and first publication came out in June. So you were probably one of the first readers. So thank you for that. Over the past 10 years, appreciated the support. How do you think about your sort of legacy or the shape of the unit of the team or, you know, the things you're leaving in future? I think Matt's taken over. So what do you think about, you know, where, what you've achieved at that time, the organization you've built up? Any sort yeah. of legacy or highlights that you, you would want to note? Well, I think we, we've developed a pretty successful model, you know, in terms of investing in companies that have technology that we intend to implement. We said originally that we were going to invest roughly $100 million in corporate venture capital. We're more than three times that level today. So we've grown a lot. We've invested in in about, um, uh, I would guess, about 130 rounds of investment, okay, in 48 separate companies. I think the number is 48, maybe one more, one less. An amazing number of them have been acquired, 16. We've had 16 successful exits, which have returned a lot of capital to General Motors. And that's been something that's been uh, certainly appreciated and sort of, um, and sort of makes uh, the whole proposition of investing in venture capital one that people can, can certainly get behind. You know, longer term, our, what, our, what we said at the outset, was that we wanted to basically use the proceeds from investments that we made to fund more new investments into the future and basically create an evergreen situation, okay, where the corporation didn't have to inject equity into GM Ventures after a period of time. It was really a self-sustaining proposition. And we're rapidly approaching the point, I think, in fact, we're, we're there now, with proceeds that are well above the level that we can sustain continued new investments in startup companies going forward. And then what about from the parent company? Obviously, you described sort of one of the primary purposes is that strategic bringing the customer. Is there any sort of goal, you know, highlights, I suppose you would mention just in terms of products being used from the portfolio companies within general motor cars or vehicles and uh, anything in terms of the impact you've had on the parent? Yeah, many examples, which has really helped a lot because venture capital, largely because there are a lot of financial investors in venture capital. In fact, the vast majority of them, I I think, are probably uh, financially oriented in one way or another. The financials get talked about a lot. The benefits to the enterprise sometimes don't get as much airtime. In our case, we've been able to identify a number of industry-first technologies that we implemented in General Motors vehicles or General Motors businesses for the very first time, very first time in automotive. And when you can do industry-firsts, that makes a big difference in terms of how people view this whole idea of working with startup companies and taking the risk of making investments when the return is far from assured, but being able to demonstrate that this thing, this this process of corporate venture capital makes sense over the long term. So we have, you know, several examples within the past 18 months where 
we've been able to launch industry-first technologies in our vehicles, our plants, or our operating businesses across a wide range of technologies. Well, feels like you've achieved everything you would want to do at the start, John. And obviously, congratulations on an amazing career. And once again, thanks again for all the support. John Lochner, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks a lot, Jim. Really appreciate it. Global Venturing Review was produced by In-Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.